Hi, this is PJ Ewing, your host of the Bees Knees podcast. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. We're going to go through some research today. I have one of the authors of a new piece of research about the X10 machine and its efficacy in helping people avoid manipulation under anesthesia. The article was written by Dr. Freeman and Dr. Ferentz. I have Dr. Freeman in a second in a quick conversation, but I'd like to just introduce the study a little bit to you right now so it makes a little bit more sense when you hear our conversation. I think it'll be useful for those that are actually looking to avoid this procedure that often happens after a total knee replacement, meaning the replacement recovery has not gone well, and there people are faced with this decision to go forward with this other procedure. I'll describe the research a little bit, read a couple excerpts from the research, and then we'll get into my conversation with Dr. Freeman. Okay, first, the title of the research is uh, this, A New Non-Surgical Alternative to Manipulations Under Anesthesia Following Knee Replacement. So again, new non-surgical alternative kind of the operative words here. And I'll read the abstract to you. This is usually that quick summary at the front of a research study. It describes really what's going on here. Stiff knee occurs in between 2% and 23% of total knee arthroplasty patients. Resolution of a stiff knee is critical for patients' quality of life following a TKA. Historically, treatment options include physical therapy, manipulation under anesthesia, arthroscopic lysis, and open lysis. Excluding physical therapy, the other options all require anesthesia, with procedures usually being done in a hospital or a surgical center. Here, we report on a new non-surgical alternative that is done in patients' homes and is as efficacious as a manipulation under anesthesia. Okay, so that's the, the nut of this thing. The answer, of course, the solution in the home is the X10 knee recovery system. This is a study that was published in the, well, the at the end of 2019, right in the beginning of December. It's a third-party study. It's really interesting to uh, read through. I'll put a link in the show notes. And let's listen to my conversation with Dr. Freeman, one of the authors, to shed a little bit more light on this whole thing. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, Carl. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, PJ. Oh, good. It's a cold, chilly January day here in New York. Is it the same there, would you say, in Michigan? Yes, it is. It is a cold, chilly day. (laughs) birds of a feather. The reason we're here today is that Dr. Freeman has just recently, within the last four weeks or so, published another study that is related to knee surgery and recovery. This one was with Dr. Ferentz in Michigan, Dr. Robert Ferentz from Wayne State University. The study is called A New Non-Surgical Alternative to Manipulations Under Anesthesia Following Knee Replacement. For me, Dr. Freeman, this is particularly interesting and useful because I, as you know, I'm on the phone all day long with people that are looking at a manipulation coming up or uh, it's a fait accompli. They're going to have to have one and they're looking for an alternative to traditional physical therapy on the other end of the, the MUA. 
and suddenly there's this study that you have worked on and published that sheds a lot of light on what the X10 machine can do for those people. So I thought it would be worth you and me just going briefly through the study and uh, you know sharing with the audience what it's all about. Before we do that, though, could you just tell us a little bit about you and your background and work with X10 and stuff? Well, I'm by training a biologist. I also teach statistics, so kind of a biological statistician. I worked at Wayne State University for 41 years, and I just retired from from Wayne State a little over a year ago. How does that feel? Pretty good? (laughs) Yeah, it feels pretty good. You're doing all this work with X10 now, all this research. Well, that's fun. I I enjoy working for X10. It gives me something to do, and it's something that's creative. So how did this study come about? Why did you go down this path? For, with MUA in mind, and how did it go with Dr. Ferentz? Tell us a little bit about how this happened. Well, the study actually happened because I was listening to X10 coaches, and they were talking about people who needed an MUA and chose to use the X10 instead and, and did quite well. And there was a, a fair number of them. And so I thought, okay, let's take a look at that data and see if there's something publishable here. And there was. For me, one of the stunning things initially was how frequently people need to get MUAs, manipulations under anesthesia, because of stiff knee. And so I was stunned to find out that the frequency ranges from 2% to 23%. And, and that depends upon a lot of things. It depends upon your doctor. It depends upon your inheritance. Women tend to, to get MUAs more often than men. African Americans tend to get MUAs much more frequently than Caucasians. It depends on a number of things. But 23% is a fair fraction of the people who get total knee arthroplasty. So that was my initial impetus was to see if if X10 could help, and surprisingly, it does. It may be that there are factors that contribute to it, but I, I have to agree in terms of the frequency because it, it maybe it's perception, but, I mean, the phone is ringing every day all the time. Eight out of ten people that are calling us, finding us, whatever means they do, through friends, the Internet, their surgeon, they're they're facing this problem. It's very, very common for our machines around the country to be pretty busy solving this problem. For me, it's a little bit of a strange set of people that call because, you know, I it's not everybody that calls, it's those that are in trouble, but they certainly find us and and that's where we kind of get a swing into action. How do you account for the fact that the X10 solves the problem in some way afterwards when it couldn't be solved beforehand? I mean, what is it that the machine is doing that is different than what they would get otherwise? I think there are a couple of things. One thing is because the machine is so gentle, it doesn't seem to cause pain. People tend to use it quite frequently. And so my take on this is that they use it frequently, and every time they use it, they break one or two of the scar tissue adhesions that are sticking their leg together. And if they do that often enough, pretty soon the problem goes away. So for these people, you know, there's, there's really two populations of people. There are the people who are in serious contention for having an MUA, 
And then there are the people who simply want to avoid the MUA. And for the people who want to avoid the MUA, the X10 is ideal because you can use it within a day of surgery and it breaks up the scar tissue before it forms the long sticky fibers that cause stiff knee. But for the people who, who have those fibers, I think it's the repetition and the gentle nature that does this. We chose to look only at patients. It had been six weeks since their surgery. So we looked at people who were a fair ways out from surgery. Then they had to have less than 90 degrees of flexion to be candidates for the MUA. And that's pretty much the industry standard. And, and what we found was that they could on average gain about 28 degrees in range of motion by using the X10 instead of going through and having the surgery. So we're talking about those that are six weeks post-surgery, about 90 degrees. They're, they've been threatened, let's call it, with an MUA. And you're saying mm -hmm. those are the folks that will avoid the MUA through the X10 by gaining that number of degrees. Is that right? Yeah, well, those are the people that we looked at. And yes, indeed, uh, all of them got to beyond 90 and well over 80% got to 110 degrees flexion. Now, 110 degrees flexion is an important number because that's the, the number of degrees that are required to engage in the activities of daily living. Well, that's the exact scenario that I face on the phone and our sales guys face every day, which is, you know, it's six weeks, it's about 90 degrees. I had one literally yesterday and she's going to start on the machine tomorrow. And yeah, those are very common circumstances, I think, that a lot of people face. And, I, and they're surprised. They don't anticipate that they're going to be in this situation. Nobody does. Although when you look back, right, you can almost predict because of some of those risk factors that they were going to have trouble. It might have been weight. It might have been youth. It might have been uh, color of skin, past knee history, maybe lots of surgeries, a poor range oh. of motion going in to the, the, the uh, actual surgery itself. All of those itself. things are risk factors. Everything yeah. you mentioned there is, 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 is a risk factor. I yeah. myself, uh, with my last revision, was a tremendous risk factor because I'd had over 20 knee surgeries. And I clearly should have had an MUA, but I used the X10 and I didn't need an MUA. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've heard uh, patients, clinicians, surgeons describe the X10 as an MUA, but just in small little doses. Does that ring true to you at all? I, I really think that's the case. I think it's like doing a, a mini MUA hundreds of times, but doing it in your own home, on your right. own schedule, where it's convenient for you, not going in to, to surgery where you, you um, have to schedule someone to take you. You have to you know, then you have to restart your physical therapy. It's a much more convenient and, I believe, cost-effective way of dealing with stiff knee. Mm -hmm. Now, these were patients of Dr. Ferentz, is that right? Some of them were Dr. Ferentz's patients, but they were patients from a variety of surgeons. I see. Okay, I got that wrong. So, Dr. Ferentz and you, Dr. Freeman, wrote the paper, but the patients came from a variety of sources. I see. Okay. Yes, they did. And what about geogra geographical distribution? They're mainly Michigan patients. 
so we didn't have uh, a, a lot from around the country, but okay. I don't think that matters very much. That's interesting. You know, they use the machine for an average of about 23 days. It seems to me that part of the, the value of the protocol is access and frequency. The alternative, right, would be go to a clinic. Uh, you're past the time where you have home care in this situation. So your choice is go to a clinic, let's call it three times a week, sometimes it's two times a week, and then you're left to your own devices on the other days, on the weekends, and oftentimes people just are not getting enough therapy. So the fact that the device is in the home and that they're on it for three, 35, 40-minute sessions a day, uh, the time put in without pain, for the most part, allows people to just keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it, eating away at those degrees of range of motion that have been sort of sticky. And then the virtue of the machine keeping them out of pain. So that's a, yeah. a huge benefit, right? So you're not, you're not dreading getting on the damn thing and you're getting just little tiny gains, a quarter of a degree, a half a degree, you know, inching your way along so that we're not overdoing it. Those two factors seem to me to be part of the, the secret sauce here. Well, I think that is the secret sauce. But the other thing to appreciate is what the contrast is. What does the surgeon do? And, you know, it's called a manipulation under anesthesia because it hurts so much. They have to put you out in order for you to cope with the pain. And the surgeon doesn't do this slowly and gently with a secret sauce. What they do is they flex and extend your leg as far as they can, you know, using their all their strength. And, and it's done in one fell swoop, and it hurts. And then you have to go back to your physical therapy and start that all over again, hoping to keep the range of motion that they achieved when you were on the table. I oftentimes suggest a stationary bike after the X10 leaves the home because that you know, approximates you know, 110 degrees to use it properly so that they can continue. Is there any sense that there's a regression have you seen any in the data a regression after the x10 leaves is there is that a worry that people should have i have not seen a regression uh, it doesn't mean that some people don't regress but i haven't seen that on the other hand i'm like you and i very much believe in using a stationary bicycle after they get off the x10 both to make sure that the scar tissue doesn't come back and it really shouldn't at that stage. Also, just to keep the exercises going and to keep their, their muscle tone. So I think that's a tremendously useful thing to do. This is the second study that you've published in the last 12, 13 months. They're both with the Global Journal of Orthopedics Research, IRIS publishers. So that's a place to, um, to find these studies. I'll also put them in the show notes for this, this episode. What What's in the works? Can you share with us anything that's, that you're working on now? Well, we have another manuscript which is getting ready to be submitted to a journal called Clinical Biomechanics. And that manuscript deals with prehabilitation. Is there an advantage, if you're going to have a total knee arthroplasty, is there an advantage to using the machine before surgery? And the, the answer is unequivocally, yes, there is an advantage. 
It doesn't matter if you look at extension or flexion, range of motion, quadriceps strength. There's a real advantage to, to, to using um, the X10 before surgery. And it shortens and improves the results after surgery. So we had two groups for this study. We had a group that used prehab, and then the other group did not have prehab. Okay. And there were statistically significant differences showing that prehab improved range of motion and improved strength before surgery and also that the group who had prehab did better after surgery than the group who did not have prehab. One group prehabbed with X10, the other group did not prehab, but they both had X10 post-surgery. Got it. Okay. Now, the other thing we did in this paper, which is really important, is that there was a 2017 paper which used intensive physical therapy for prehab. And they, too, had a prehab group and a non-prehab group. And we compared our study to their study. And their study is what you can expect if you do standard physical therapy. And what we found was for every parameter measured, except the time up and go test, the X10 group did better than this conventional physical therapy group did. So what we've got is, which is really welcome to my ears, is a comparison of prehab and no prehab and then the X10. So that's great in our universe. And then we've got a comparison to traditional prehab that's out there. And I think that that's going to be as important as anything because I think in general, most surgeons are saying, yes, if you can prehab, prehab, it's a great idea. Strength is important. Work on your quads. Range of motion can be predictive. So get the best range of motion you can. That's coming from the lips of most surgeons. But in this case, you're saying, okay, good. Yeah, we agree. Prehab's great. It does a great job for X10 patients, but it also does better than traditional prehabilitation that you're going to see from, you know, even an intense program like you're describing. Yes. And if, if I remember the numbers correctly, even with prehab, at 30 days post-surgery, in standard physical therapy, they had 88 or 89 degrees range of motion on average, whereas wow. the X10 was running about 116 degrees. It's, mm-hmm. it's not small. The, the difference is absolutely huge. And there's also a huge difference when it comes to quadriceps strength. You know, fortunately, this study that was, was done and, and published in the literature showed that that even with intensive prehab, at 30 days post-surgery, patients lost 62% of their quadriceps strength that they had before surgery. So they come out of surgery and they come out of, out of rehab with a tremendous strength deficit. You know, they're, they're well under half as strong as they were before they had the surgery. Whereas with the X10, if you didn't have prehab, you're 80% as strong as what you were before surgery. And if you did have prehab, you're over 100% stronger. So the, the differences are absolutely enormous. I think as a layman, uh, we would say applause because oftentimes 
the differences in research are so small and slight that you know you wonder what the heck what's the point. In this case, it's it's yeah. gigantic. Those are functional versus non-functional numbers that you're describing right there. Absolutely, and they will critically play into what people are able to do after after they've had the the, the surgery. This this is a, a life changing sort of thing. I don't think a lot of people appreciate it until they're actually in the middle of a recovery, how life-changing these things are and the, and the differences that you're describing. It is a, an inflection point in someone's life. They will do well, and what a great year. Boy, I had my surgery. I'm back. And I'm ready to play tennis. Or they're into this decline, and I didn't get yeah. my range of motion, and I can't breathe as well, and I'm not as active. I'm gaining weight. And it's a it's a real moment in time, particularly for people that are a little bit more frail, usually older in in, in their age. Uh, it's very important. It's not just oh gee, I wish I could bend better. It's very significant. It's walking. It's going up and down stairs. It's the speed with which they can do things, plus the number of things that they can do. If you end up with 116 degrees range of motion, there's very few activities that you cannot engage in. Whereas if you're stuck at 88, you're having trouble getting in and out of a car. You have trouble going up and down stairs. Everything is a struggle. And that's really the difference. It's the difference between everything being a struggle and things coming easily and being normal like they used to be before you had the surgery. I've been working on a project and I've been reviewing a bunch of older cases like this that you're describing. The, I, I use the word courage as I describe many of these people because there was courage needed to first go ahead with the surgery and then to you know force themselves to do the rehab and then when there was a curveball thrown their way they had to you know sum up more courage so they could you know in in this case use this device or find a solution that allowed them to get to where they were originally intending to go and it's uh it's a emotional it's a big big deal so that's coming up that that's something that we can talk about in the future that's a study that will be added to this so recently you've published many things you've got the comparison to the cpm you now have the manipulation study and then we've got this uh, prehab uh, look at some point coming up it's exciting it is exciting um, okay. Well, is there anything more that we want to say about this study? Or I guess uh, people can read it for themselves. If there are questions, they can certainly email us at uh, Podcast at gmail.com and all that stuff. And we'll answer mm-hmm. those questions as they come. When you've got a product that is new, uh, research is essential. And I know a lot of people are reviewing the study already. I know that because I've been sending it out. But it's going to really help people get a sense of what to expect if they are in this situation, this sort of common situation, 90 degrees, six weeks, what do I do? And I think this study Mm -hmm. is going to really help a lot of people. So A plus. That was the intent. You know, the the real intent was to to alert surgeons because the X10 should be the first line of defense. It shouldn't be something that's novel. It should be the standard first line of defense because it's non-surgical. It's non-painful. You know, it can be done in their own home, and it's cost-effective. So all of that should make it the first line for when people have trouble with stiff knee. Yeah, that is so true, and it is sort of ironic and maybe a little sad that it's the patient who is finding us and studies like this, the various communications that we put out there, 
before the surgeons in many cases, uh, but we've got to just keep working on the surgeons, and this is a, a way to do that. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Sometimes a knee surgery recovery requires more than the conventional. It calls upon the heroic. I walk until my, my thighs turn numb, you know what I mean, or until my hamstrings start to cramp up. And knowing that he had been so depressed, to see the joy on his face and belief that he could go on with life, that just got me. I mean, there's not a lot of things that'll do that. What do you believe are obstacles for you? I can just accelerate, and I'm, and I'm running now like, like I feel like I'm running as good as I've ever run. An amazing feeling to me. It's been, um, it has been quite a journey so far. We did a lot of cranking on the knee, and they would try and have my knee bend to ride a bike. And At the very last minute, decided to do both at the same time and get it over with. And I was forewarned that there are things that can happen under that procedure. It is a kind of a violent thing. I'm not a wimp. I would leave physical therapy literally in tears. And they were pretty frustrated. Loud enough for me to hear it and popped hard enough for me to feel it. My patella tendon just about ruptured. It was hanging on by a thread. And in 10 years time, I was going from walking everywhere to realizing I was really struggling. I've had surgeries in the past and I've always been able to just bounce right back. This was a very, very, very different experience. To be honest, I was extremely skeptical. I felt like a, uh, a mad beaver was constantly gnawing at the bones in my knee. That's why I work so hard on this machine. I gotta be able to get down those stairs and up those stairs to do my job. So the more peace and love you have inside of you, the more peace and love you share with others because you have it to share. And I would go into rehab feeling like a million bucks and people would stop me and go, what knee did you have done? And I said, I had both done. Getting there. Epic tales of knee surgery, recovery, and courage. A new book by P.J. Ewing. Visit gettingtheirbooks.com to learn more. We'd like to thank a few friends of the Bees Knees podcast, including the Knee Pain Guru, natural solutions for chronic knee pain without drugs, shots, surgery, or painful physical therapy. For more info, visit thekneepainguru.com. We're also brought to you by X10 Therapy. And special thanks to Dr. Justin Trosclair at the podcast, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. If you plan to go to China for business or pleasure, the main thing that you have to master is the dinner culture. Things like the lazy Susan, should you drink, how to use chopsticks, where am I supposed to sit, gaining and losing face. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, and after five years of working in China, I took all my knowledge and wrote a book about it. You can find it at a doctorsperspective.net slash China book and on Amazon. And while you're at it, take a listen to the podcast, a doctorsperspective.net, where I interview doctors of all specialties, talk about successes, marketing, struggles, and all those types of topics you don't normally hear. The Knee Store. If you're having a knee done, you just may want to share that news with the world. If so, we've got a mug, t-shirt, or awesome tote for that. Visit the Knee Store on CafePress.com. Shop for the perfect item that reflects your feelings about getting back to a full life after a successful knee replacement surgery. Visit CafePress.com forward slash the Knee Store. Great prices, fun, and unique stuff.
The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.